Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Saturday, December 19th, 2015. I am MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, joined tonight by MMA Torch columnist Rich Hansen for a special UFC on Fox 17 postmortem. Uh, Rich, Rafael Dos Anjos just absolutely decimated Donald Cerrone tonight on Fox in Orlando. Alistair Overeem knocks out Junior Dos Santos. And uh, Nate Diaz upsets Michael Johnson. We had something like eight upset victories on this card. Not in the main event. Um, Action-packed throughout the night. Enjoyable way to finish out the 2015 schedule from the UFC. Uh, What were your overall thoughts on the card before we break down what happened here? Oh, it was a fun card. I mean, there were enough moments on it to make it easier to forget about the the dead spots. So, I, I mean you remember the moments a lot more than you remember the drudgery and there wasn't a ton of drudgery on it. So, you know, that that's where the bar is for the UFC. Well, you know, it wasn't that awful. It was a, it was a good night. I enjoyed, you know, the stuff I was supposed to enjoy. And I enjoyed the fact that I got the top three fights exactly right. <laughs> uh, Cerrone came into, and I'll be here. Handing in my roundtable predictions for those top three fights any moment now, by the way. <laughs> um, Cerrone came into this event having won eight fights since the last time he fought Dos Anjos, which you and I were at in Indianapolis, where Dos Anjos controlled that fight start to finish. Dos Anjos coming in for his first title defense after uh, handily beating Anthony Pettis through 25 minutes in March. This was one of his most destructive and impressive wins, I think, for Dos Anjos. Uh, it, he, he hurt Cerrone in the first exchange. That first left hand, Cerrone was clearly affected by it. Just and like then, the Pettis fight, first punch. Yep. And he went to the body from there, landed a really big knee to the gut, and then followed that up with a great kick. That liver kick, obviously, uh, has been... A, a, a bane of Donald Cerrone's existence for a long time. <laughs> and from there, that flurry against the cage just 
the the relentless assault against the cage was massively impressive from Dos Anjos because he hurt Cerrone and didn't give him even a second to breathe. It was right on him and nonstop. Dos Anjos fights how Junior Dos Santos wants to fight. I don't even know if that's true because I don't know what Dos Santos wants to do these days. But well, That's what he wants to do. He's just <laughs> not capable of it anymore. Yeah. Do- but we'll get there. Yeah, it, it was Dos Anjos was a buzzsaw on Cerrone. Cerrone, to his credit, survived the initial onslaught. Uh, which that was came... damn impressive that he didn't collapse on the fence. Yeah. A lot of fighters would have. A lot of fighters who would have been less hurt than Cerrone was against the fence would have said, screw it, and just dropped and taken three more punches and let the referee go in and stop the fight. Yeah, you it know, was, not it was... Cowboy. Say what? Yeah. It, it, it was clear the body shots. It was clear the body shots uh, had had done the most damage there to start. Yeah. And and that's that's a bitch to come back from. And his, his rib cage has the worst chin in the sport. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I give him credit for trying to survive and, and, you know, trying to get a little space and then shooting in for the takedown out of desperation. Yeah, but that, he, that was the word that came into my mind, too. Yeah. Uh oh, desperate. It, well, it was absolutely desperate. He was trying to slow things down to let himself recover. But yep. Dosanio shut that down, landed a bunch more strikes and forced the stoppage. Great win for Dosanios, who right now you know obviously looks like he belongs in this spot and i don't think conor mcgregor is moving up to lightweight for his next fight well in case you want to question anthony pettis's uh toughness you know look what he took look what cowboy took and and i'm telling you cowboy was tough on it and 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 then tell me how brittle pettis is you know yeah. it doesn't work that way no. you know he put up those años did repeatedly to Anthony Pettis what he did twice to Donald Cerrone. And that's all Donald Cerrone could take. And, I, and when I say twice, I mean twice tonight, not, you know, including yeah. the Indianapolis fight. You know, Anthony Pettis, you know, because he he's, a, you know, considered a pretty boy, which, you know, he's pretty boy. Um, he, he doesn't get the credit for being a tough son of a bitch like he is. And, you know... The, the good news is with Dos Anjos winning, that might inspire Conor McGregor and John Cavanaugh to leave him at 145 because I think the Edgar fight is a more money fight than the Dos Anjos fight is. And, you know, who would you rather fight? A, a blown up bantamweight and Fred, Frankie Edgar or, you know, you know, Rafael Dos Anjos, who right now might be the most dangerous champion in, in the UFC until John Jones gets his title back in April. You know what I mean? You know? And then that's good news for Edgar, and then that's good news for either Anthony Pettis, Eddie Alvarez, or possibly Tony Ferguson. And and saying that, uh, I I I don't think that Conor McGregor himself would shy away from that fight. I think nope. in his mind, he would take on Dos Anjos tomorrow. Anybody? I, yeah. Yeah. He 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 has that belief in himself. It's still... He believes his own hype because yep. he's the one that's written his own hype, you and, know? And that's and that's fair. That's yes. absolutely fair. But there's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely with you. Dos Anjos is not the man to fight right now because no. <laughs> because the the more money is there with Edgar or Jose Aldo rematch anyway. Mm-hmm. And both of those are much better fights for Conor McGregor right now. Right. I'm not saying that he doesn't wind up fighting Rafael Dos Anjos. I think he w- I think he wants that fight. 
I think yeah. he does want that fight himself. It's not the smartest thing for him to take right now. And I now keep in mind, though, the what makes sense for him to fight Dos Anjos is the argument that's going to happen between himself and Zufa about keeping the featherweight title yep. or getting rid of it. If he has the safety net of keeping that title, of course he's going to push for a fight for the lightweight championship because even if he loses, he's you know right where he was before still has the you know the title and okay i lost moving out of my division didn't hurt bj penn's legacy yeah, shut I was, up i was gonna say it's shut well, up no you i was gonna say it's, shut up. it's the bj right. it's the bj penn mm-hmm. uh ufc what was that 94 yeah because his fucking brother kept him from going out and winning in the fifth round like he was planning on doing the whole damn time we just we just hit ufc 194 that was shut 100 up. ufcs ago and i'm still a little salty about it <laughs> Point. wow but no but makes him give up the title, which doesn't make any sense because he was never a BJ Penn guy, and he's clearly a Conor McGregor guy. You know, then why yeah. would why would he let Conor have something that he, or why would he not let Conor have something that he let BJ have? You know what I mean? Yep. So if if he moves up to 155, it's clear that they want it to be a permanent move up to 155, and, and that is a risk. And, and Conor McGregor has never seen anything he's done at 145 as being a risk. This is a risk. Anybody could see that it is a risk. So would he do it? You know? Yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll find out uh, within Annoying the next enough, yeah. month or so. I, I mean, I mean, we really will because. There, I, I think I think McGregor wants to fight before UFC 200. I don't think he's going to be held out. I think he wants to fight by April. He wants and, to fight in New York. Yeah, uh, and he wants to fight at UFC 200. Yeah. I mean, look at like Luke Rockhold, for instance. He's planning out his. I think July makes sense. You know, hey, you know, and he doesn't mean on a fight night card two weeks after UFC 200. Yeah. You know, he doesn't mean fighting uh, on you know on Fox Sports 1. He, you know, he means fighting at UFC 200. Every fighter in the world right now is going, oh, I'm, I'm about six months out from being ready. <laughs> you know, June might be a little too soon. You know, Vegas isn't at too high. Amount. Yeah, okay. Fine, I'll be ready. Uh, second week. Get <laughs> in July, I guess. You know, you know, every fighter is going to try and get onto that card. And then there's going to be, you know, a couple of guys that you've never heard of who are going to be fighting on, you know, the fight pass portion of that while Luke Rockhold sitting there steaming like, why the hell am I not fighting on the USC two goddamn hundred? You know, <laughs> that's the official title of that paper. By the way, UFC, UFC two, two goddamn hundred. Two goddamn hundred. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Alistair Overeem takes out Junior Dos Santos in the co-main event. This was a terrible fight before the finish. By the way, this <laughs> this was it was exactly the fight Overeem wants to fight every yeah. everyone wants to i mean even when he was at his peak he was never a buzzsaw like we saw from rafael dos Anjos. he's always been very technical very methodical yep you know and and that hook that he landed was you know joe rogan was talking about how perfect it was it was very sloppy because he was reaching big mm-hmm. time for that hook i mean he left himself i'm watching more, it right now on the fox sports live post yeah. post fight show yeah, and I'm and I'm watching the Jets defense get another damn interception against me, Case. Um, but that's neither here nor there because I know everyone's listening for my fantasy football team updates. <laughs> but no, I, I mean he left himself more open for a counter, and when he hit Dos Anjos, Dos Anjos was leaning way back. Yeah, Dos Anjos, right? Whatever. Stop calling me racist. <laughs> 
just because all their names alike doesn't mean that I think they all look alike. Doesn't mean that I think, you know, okay. But anyways, Dos Santos, I almost did it again, <laughs> was leaning way back when when he got clipped. And if he would have known that left hook was coming, you know, the jab that he was throwing while or, or the straight left that he was throwing while he was backpedaling, you know, if, if he would have been able to slip that left hook, you know, that would have over him could have been lights out. You know, so it wasn't even the greatest punch in the world that he's ever thrown, despite, you know, what you heard on the broadcast. But that's all it takes with that guy. You know, he, he's rarely in the wrong position. The the change to to uh, Jackson Jackson Wink MMA down in Albuquerque has done wonders because, you know, when he when he was even when he was fighting in MMA, particularly right after the K-1 Grand Prix, he was fighting as a kickboxer, not as a mixed martial artist. I'm not saying that he's taking fights to the ground and he's looking to work the, you know, the, you know, his, his guard or anything stupid like that. But the striking in the two sports is ridiculous ridiculously different from one another and people don't like to acknowledge that his spacing is better his footwork is a lot better he's still not moving his head worth shit but you know you, you got to start somewhere but that said it's not like dos santos was finding his head so you know maybe he's moving his head better than i was able to pick up through all the you know i no, i didn't even think it's that i just i think dos santos he might be shot this, <laughs> he shot yeah he, he this was the no, worst that, this is the worst he's looked yes, in he his looked- career he looked impotent out there, you know? I mean, like, even when he was <coughs> doing what he wanted to do, it wasn't doing anything too over him. You know, I, I thought, I remember writing in a round table after he, quote-unquote, beat Steve Amiocic, that I never wanted to see him fight again. Yeah, you know? he, he, he didn't. And everyone thought I'm overstating, oh, he won the fight. No, well, first, no, he didn't. He lost that fight 48-47 rather clearly. And he got a gift decision, robberies you can get without actually calling it that, you know. But <coughs> so since <coughs> since the Kane fight in 2013, he's fought twice. He took 14 months to come back for that Miocic fight. Then he took 12 months and a week for the Overeem fight. <coughs> and I would argue that he didn't look good, or certainly didn't look himself for one minute of the last seven rounds you know, minus 17 seconds of, of his career. He didn't look himself against Cain Velasquez. He didn't look great against Mark Hunt. I mean, he won the fight even well before the spinning, you know, the the, the spinning kick that he knocked Hunt out with. And we're talking back middle of 2013 at that point. Before that was the, the first Cain Velasquez slaughter of him. And before, who was before that? I mean, like, Frank Mir? Yeah, he beat Mir after he won the title on, on the first Fox show. So he hasn't fought a lot. He hasn't fought effectively. He's shot. You know, it happens to the best of us. I mean, it's sad that the UFC hasn't put him on a show in Brazil while he's been with the UFC, which is bizarre, but I don't think it's really matters to this conversation. You know, he hasn't fought in Brazil once. They need to put him in a main event on a UFC fight night show, let him go out well, and then hopefully he'll have enough pride to realize, okay, this is a pretty good way to go out. You know, beating, let's say, Matt Mitrione in a main event in, you know, you know, say somewhere in Brazil. I can't think of anywhere other than Rio, but, you know, you know, stick him out in, in Salvador or, you know. Somewhere like that, let him beat a Mitrione guy, maybe even Rothwell. That might be biting off more than he can chew, and let him go out. Yeah, I, I mean... Done, 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 toast. There's there's nothing more to be done at this point. He's obviously not making it back to a, a title fight. Nope. Um, and it, 
He's just given and he's one of the younger heavyweights. <laughs> and, but given how he's looked the last couple yeah. of fights, you just don't want to see him. There's yeah. there's there's no desire to see him get back in there if that's how terrible he's going to look in the With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cage. Right. He yeah. he looked, like I said, when he was able to do what he wanted to do, it didn't have any impact. Or, you know, on the fight. I mean, Overeem is going to be feeling pretty sore in the morning. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to minimize that. But relative to what he was against, you know, Roy Nelson, you know, Gilbert Ivel, you know, you know, Stefan Struve. <laughs> what was that? Less than a minute. Hmm. You know, I mean, he's just not what he was. No, yeah. no shame in that. I mean, sure, he could continue to make paychecks, you know, fighting on, on you know, Fox Sports 1 and all that. You know, sure, I'm not going to tell him he has to retire or anything, but, you know, he's never going to be what he was. Okay. Overeem, Overeem's now in a better, as good a spot as he's been. In his UFC run, um, he his former UFC run. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> the UFC is matching whatever he gets offered if they let him get that far. That's... Yeah, I lost you for about ten seconds there. Oh, I'm the UFC is is matching Overeem and whatever he gets offered elsewhere. Well, we, no we matter don't know what the happens, details of the contract, how long they have a, an exclusive negotiating period and and matching, we don't know. Maybe it's six months. Maybe he wants to wait it out. You know, I'll I'll tell you this though, I wouldn't be. He's what is he making? Like four hundred thousand dollars a fight right now. If he thinks that's what the UFC is going to continue to pay him, he's probably going to be fighting you know Fedor Melianenko this summer. Yes, only what five years too late. Thank you, Scott. No, I, uh, I I I disagree with that. I think the UFC is going to that they're going to find a way to keep him on the roster. Oh, I don't they, disagree. I, yeah with that but i don't i don't think that it's going to be at the same you know pay rate as well, it no, used to be I'm because not, the is not... all about cutting. right that's what i'm saying yeah. that what i said was if he thinks he's going to make four hundred thousand dollars a fight you know then he's going to be making that in japan yeah i think he's right. going to wind up making more than that anyway but i see and and I, I don't know i mean i'm not a contract lawyer we'll get bane on the phone for that but I, the UFC doesn't like Overeem, you know. He's caused them more grief than he's made them money. You know, he lost all the wrong fights and he won all the wrong fights. You know what I mean? I mean, he he came in and he fought Brock Lesnar. I guess that was a coin flip for them. They didn't care who won that fight because if Brock wins, he gets his title shot. If Alistair Overeem wins, you know, then he's gonna 
you know, then he's going to be the guy. But then he loses to Antonio Silva. They did not see that coming. Then he loses to Travis Brown. They did not, on Fox. They did not see that coming. That was supposed to be his rebound fight, you know. And then he beats, you know, their favorite son Frank Mir. Fine, that was all right. That doesn't fit the narrative because that was a build-up back fight for him. He sure as hell wasn't supposed to lose to Ben Rothwell. You know what I mean? So he's got a history of of not doing what they expect him to do. He's on a three-fight winner now, which is fantastic. He has no reason to go to Bellator other than money. He has no reason to go to Japan other than money or the possibility of fighting Fedora Melianenko. I, I, Bellator, have they even run any heavyweight fights? I mean, obviously they have, but any meaningful heavyweight fight since Coker took over? Vitaly Minikoff has fought on Fight Pass. I was Pass just going to say, they've been right. letting their heavyweight champion fight on Fight Pass, so right. that, that tells you. So they don't give a crap about the heavyweight division right now. So if he wants to fight Minikoff, he can wait six months and fight him on UFC Fight Pass for some organization running a show in Dagestan or Chechnya or or, you know, Kiev, for Christ's sake. So, I mean, on one hand, I would love to, to, to see Jadib Singh get injured tomorrow in the UFC, ah, screw it, you're not worth it, and not match the $2.5 million that they'd offer him to fight Fedor, you know? Of course, all of this would be a moot point if Scott Coker would have booked that fucking fight in the first round <laughs> of the Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix back in 2000, whenever the hell it was, instead of saying, oh, we'll get them each padded an easy win first, and then Antonio Silva comes out and screws the narrative. Thanks, Scott. Bastard. <laughs> Nate Diaz beat Michael Johnson in his return fight, fighting for the first time since losing to Dos Anjos last December. Uh, Diaz outworked Johnson through the final 10 minutes, uh, landing, uh, just a ton more offensively. His, his, and output. we're talking just verbal, <laughs> verbal and physical. It was, it was, it was all very Diaz. Yes. <laughs> he was, uh, he, he was landing combinations. He was landing four or five to every one or two from Johnson. He was uh, doing a lot of damage. He he hurt Johnson a few times. He was taunting, doing. He, he was it was a very DS fight. It was a he very sure is turning into his brother, isn't it? <laughs> it was a very entertaining fight. And uh, afterward, he went on an expletive laden rant directed at Conor McGregor, but that fans in the U.S. only got three words of because the entire thing was uh, essentially muted. muted. Um, are we sure that maybe he, he are we sure that he was actually going after Conor McGregor and swearing and maybe what he was doing what, what was I don't know trying to push June White's book <laughs> maybe? I, I, I suppose there's a possibility but no because the actual audio was played outside of this country also well, you're no fun <laughs> um, Diaz puts himself back into the top 10. He called out McGregor afterward, and he thinks he's the money fight for Conor McGregor because he's as delusional as his brother is. But No, 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 no. Let me stop you right there. Did he say that I'm the money fight? That could very well be true. Did he say, I'm better than you, and I'm going to beat your ass? Well, that's the delusional part. But <laughs> it is very – I mean, you got to keep in mind, who you know who's going to draw more money against Conor McGregor? You know, Nate Diaz or Rafael Dos Anjos. You could make the argument that a Nate Diaz fight draws more money. 
Ears. I'm not missing a Diaz fight. You, you know, I I mean, as much as I want to be done with the Diazes, you know, as much as I, you know, lump them together, you know, every now and then it's, it, you just have to sit back and realize that you're going to have to have an I can't quit you, Nate, moment. <laughs> okay? Here's... And I had that moment about five minutes before the fight started. <laughs> Here's what he said after the fight. He said, Conor McGregor, you've taken everything I've worked for, motherfucker. I'm going to fight your fucking ass. You know what's the real fight, the real money fight. Me, not these clowns you've already punked at the press conference. No one wants to see that. You know you've already beat them, motherfuckers. That's the easy fight. You want the real shit. I'm right here. Right. He's not saying I'm going to win. He's just saying I'm the money fight. Maybe. Maybe. And that's true. That's not delusional. Now, what is delusional is him thinking he has a chance at hell of winning that fight. <laughs> That's different because Conor McGregor's hands are so fast and not just are they fast, but he knows when to throw them the shortest distance to have the maximum imp impact that one of the times when 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 Nate Diaz is pointing or has his hands all the way down, he's going to wake up in the hospital trying to punch Joe Riggs's younger brother. <laughs> uh, moving on down this card, uh, the, the main broadcast uh, featured. Uh, a, a women's strawweight bout between Randa Marcos and... Time out. You don't have to say women's strawweight bout in the UFC because there is no men's strawweight division. <laughs> I, I mean, until yeah, until you yeah, see yeah. 38 guys from Thailand fighting in the UFC, you can just say strawweight. Anyway, Randa Marcos fought Karolina Kovalkiewicz, a newcomer out of Poland, undefeated coming in, and she looked quite good in... Undefeated uh, going out. Yeah, undefeated going out. Kovalkiewicz looked... Uh, very solid in this fight. It was a competitive matchup. Not the most thrilling back-and-forth bout, but uh, entertaining enough. And a, a solid opener and a really good debut for Kovalkiewicz. Um, any thoughts there yeah. on that fight? Other than I'm waiting for the next Fight Pass show out of Poland to, to you know, feature uh, Joanich and Jacek against, you know, Carolina. I'm not even going to try. KK. <laughs> JJ versus KK in Warsaw on Fight Pass should do serious apathy, you know? <laughs> JJ deserves much better than that. Yes, of course uh, she does. But, you know, what what are you going to do? A after she dodges, you know, Claudia Gadeja again, then she'll say, oh, I want to fight in Poland, and I want to fight a pole, and hey, there just happens to be one now. Pardon me if I don't get too worked up about her yet. Let's put it that way. You know, I, I thought, you know, obviously Randa Marcos looked decent when she was on that season, the ultimate fighter, but it's really starting. I mean, look at everybody they were saying are the top 16, you know, straw weights in the world that we have here and, and look at what they've done since. You know, it's starting to feel that it wasn't that elite of a field. You know, the top two straw weights, you know, you could even say, you know, top three out of four. Uh, top six out of eight, you know, weren't even weren't even in the house. Yeah. So Randa Marcos looked good against, I don't want to say middling competition, but I just did. Hmm. So I'll say it. Okay. So I don't know what we take out of that fight. What I do take out of that fight is what the hell is it doing on Big Fox, you know, in, instead of Oliveira versus Jury. Yeah. Segway. Yeah, Oliveira back on track after... Uh tearing his esophagus this summer, which ended his fight with Max Holloway prematurely. Did he tear it, though, or did someone else tear it? Uh, I think he tore it beforehand and thought he had healed it all the way and tore it worse in the middle of the fight. But but maybe Holloway tore it. 
I think it was more him. Semantics? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit. Um, well, screw you. His guillotine over Jury was just fantastic in every aspect, from the yes. transition to it to uh, jumping up and, and and locking his guard up while Jury was still standing, and then finishing with that grip. That grip was sick. He looked like he was going to pop Jury's head off. Um, There's a Dan Miller standing guillotine back from when he's in the IFL, and that's what came to my mind. I, I mean, this one, it, it looked the, – the guillotine that Dan Miller hit, and trust me, go look for it on YouTube, had the guy's head bent so far down that there wasn't a camera angle where you could actually see that the guy had a head. <laughs> Yeah, this 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 was up there with that. Jury just Sean talking about I've referenced it in the past. Yeah, I, Jury just he, he had nowhere to go. He, he looked ridiculously he, average. Yeah, it, which is sad given where I mean he had he had been on a run and yeah. gets beat by Donald Cerrone handily, moves weight classes and doesn't technically move weight classes cuz he made weight but Oliveira didn't. That shouldn't be disregarded in 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 this fight because Oliveira missed by five pounds and didn't try to cut any further weight. Um, so that's going to be a talking point after this as, as far as whether I like he gets the to bad scale. I like weight. the bad scale narrative <laughs> that, that two people missed weight. And then one of them, one of the two people made weight within two hours, but the same, but that bad scale somehow, you know, thought that Charles Oliveira was four and a half pounds over 146. Yet his opponent, who weighed in right before it, so he are we saying that Miles Jury really weighed 140? <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Yeah. That the scale just yep. had an an evil laugh and clearly. was rubbing his palms together and going. <laughs> clearly, that's obviously yes. what happened. That that maybe maybe the scale was Argentinian and hated <laughs> Brazil, but then why did Bosanos make weight? Is that what we're trying to say by a bad scale? <laughs> no, he missed weight. He shouldn't get you know a number one contender fight. He shouldn't get a fight that puts him in line for a number one contender fight. He shouldn't get the chance to avenge what happened against Max Holloway. As great as it looked, he beat Miles Jury. Miles Jury's best win is over Michael Johnson, who you know had a questionable loss to Benil Dariush and looked not very competitive against <coughs> a rusty and somewhat overrated Nate Diaz. If you look at the at the UFC record of Miles Jury, not including his fights in the house, his six feet six fight winning streak in the UFC was Chris Saunders, Michael Johnson, and Ramsey Nijam, Mike Ricci, Diego Sanchez, Takanori Gomi. There's nothing in there that's impressive other than the Michael Johnson fight, which was before Michael Johnson put it all together. You know, the same Michael Johnson, mind you, that you know, got, you know, clowned by Jonathan Brookins. Let's not forget that either. You know, I, 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 I see you, Mike. I see you. Hmm. So let, let's not immediately anoint Charles Oliveira as great. This All this does is removes the stench of the Holloway fight, but it leaves a new stench in its wake. So, you know, let's let's see him get a fight against, you know, Cub Swanson again. Let's see what happens in a rematch there. That's a fight that I would like to see. Um, you know, let's, you know, th there are guys out there, you know, like that. Yeah. You know, even Ricardo Lamas at the ceiling. That That's the fight that Brian Stan called for. That's the one that makes sense also. Either of those two fights. Yeah. Uh, the, 
the rest of the prelims here were a mixture of uh, a, a couple of impressive performance performances along with a whole lot of either unexpected or not necessarily characteristic uh, bad performances on the part of several other fighters, or <laughs> in the case of Danny Castillo, just a further uh, sign that he's at the end of his run. Um, CB Dalloway got caught Real by... Coach. <laughs> he fights for a gym that doesn't have a head coach. That's that's very true. Uh, they're they're training each other. They're taking turns being the head coach. You know, it's it's, it's kind it's of like it's not working. It's... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it's kind of like recess in, in, in elementary school. Okay, today I'm going to be it first. Yep. And then the next day, the other kid goes, okay, I'm going to be it. That's what's going on in Team Alpha Male right now. There's zero leadership. And it, it makes TJ Dillashaw's move all the more sensible. Right, and, and even he he doesn't even come out of this looking like roses either. Oh, don't get me not. wrong, but, but yes. I, I I think what he's unwilling to say is that yeah, alpha male is falling apart. I didn't want to be any part of it because he's yeah. trying to at least take the the higher of the two low roads between himself and favor. Favor's setting the bar pretty low. Don't get me wrong. You know he 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 loves poking holes into people's backs as they're walking away. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and right. let us just say that our friend Andrea was well on to him before anybody else, as far as you know. <laughs> it's very true. As far it's as butt true. chin, which I believe is what she thinks is on his birth certificate, <laughs> being a bit of a d bag hole. Um, on the FS1 card, Nate Marquardt catches CB Dalloway in the oh, second round. Oh, give him round. some credit. Give him some credit. He caught. It. He looked terrible in the first round. Oh, pish. <laughs> I don't. He was setting him up. Yeah, I don't want to see Nate Marquardt fight. I just, I every time that he's out there, it, you have this feeling in the pit of your stomach that something really horrible is going to happen to that man. Oh, you're just and... bitter because you like Wilson Govea. <laughs> I, as I said on Twitter before uh, the the fight even happened, I was a big fan of Marquardt circa 08 to 2011. And I I just don't want to see him fight. The way that he's looked in several of his recent performances, the way that he's been beat in several of those re- recent fights, it's he's it's only a matter of time before permanent brain damage is done. He avoided it here because he landed first, and CB CB Dalloway is now joining the ranks of those who uh, it's going to get uncomfortable watching them fight. Can I uh, hop on something here? Real quick? Go for it. So you didn't like Nate Marquardt in 2007 when he was fighting Anderson Silva and Dean Lister and all of them? You only liked him after the Anderson Silva loss, is what you're saying? I'm saying that I started paying more attention after the Anderson Silva loss. Okay, so so when when he was losing to Talis Ladies, so, you know, because of those two points being deducted, you're like, hey, that's my guy. <laughs> when when he was <laughs> Getting blistered by Chael Sonnen in 2010, you're going, hey, you know, this is a guy who has a real future. I like the way he loses to Sonnen while 
Oh, with all the I blood just... and the... Oh, you know, I hate. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying I hate you is what I'm saying. I'm just saying he was pretty damn impressive before Anderson Silva beat the shit out of him. <laughs> you're saying he was pretty impressive after Anderson Silva beat the shit out of him. I'm saying I really enjoyed the Wilson Govea fight and some of his other victories in that time before sure. he. But you kind of buried it because I was like in the middle of your oh range. God, just that was a great gift, by the way. The finishing sequence. Yeah, it was. Punch with you know all the angles and the kicking Absolutely. and the punching and the spinning and the yeah. collapsing. Absolutely. Right. Now he's but, you know. now, now both he and Dalloway are are human punching bags who are ready it, to it go wasn't down. It was as impressive as like his run in Pancrase or anything. But whatever. <laughs> Speaking of shot fighters, Sarah Coffin might be done. Um, <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko comes in on eight days' notice, uh, replacing Jermaine Durandamy, and she, uh, a, a striker coming in, she outgrappled Sarah Kaufman uh, for the first ten minutes. Kaufman won the third round, but it was far too little too late. And she loses the decision here. I I didn't agree with the the one card in her favor. I don't know which of the first two rounds she possibly could have won, but uh, Shevchenko comes in and picks up a win over the former Strikeforce bantamweight champion Kaufman. Uh, is now one in two with one no contest in four UFC fights. Shevchenko has essentially three relative fights, or relevant, excuse me, three relevant fights in her career. Yon, do you know who the only person to beat her was? Who is that? Liz Carmouche. Interesting. And you know who her last win was before Sarah Kaufman? I don't. Jan Finney. Ooh, yeah. destroyed by Cyborg <laughs> and, and... Yes, led... which... After Finney got destroyed by Cyborg, now is I want to say in 2010, uh, she's still fighting. That was she, yes. wait, wait, hold on, she's still alive. Yes, that was. This is funny, and I actually looked this up when I, when I was doing my show prep. That that was voted by Sherdog as the 2010 beatdown of the year because if you remember, that was the one where show, where uh, if people won't remember the name necessarily, but they'll remember the fact that Cyborg had a title fight where she didn't win it until well into the second round well that was it and that was only because she was she was hitting her so often that every time she was about to fall backwards she got hit from the other direction and she started to fall forward and then you know kind of like what koscheck did against uh uh yoshida yeah and, and then after that then uh jan finney loses to liz carmouche <laughs> and then she, and and it's also in strike force and then she loses at some other card to holly holm <laughs> right Remember when when Holly Holm was you know even before she was with Legacy when they were really handpicking her opponents in MMA because she was just breaking into it from boxing. Yep. So then Finney retires or disappears for almost four years and then comes back and loses to Valentina Shevchenko um, for a Legacy show in February. And then she lost to someone. Well, you know at that point it doesn't matter. But yes, yeah, she's still fighting. Yes, she does have a four hundred winning or a four hundred uh, winning percentage right now. Hmm. Right, she's eight and twelve in her. So that's the most relevant win that Valentina Shevchenko had before beating Sarah Kaufman. So if you want to say if Sarah Kaufman has a chance of ever being relevant again, and if you want to say she's UFC caliber, you go ahead and say it. And while you're saying it, I'm going to take two steps back and one to the side and just start whistling while looking in the wind. Okay. <laughs> 
Speaking of fighters who took extended time off, Tamden McCrory <laughs> uh, looked fantastic uh, for much of the fight with Josh Salmon. It wasn't his best performance, but it was a very good performance. Ended with a uh, a beautiful triangle choke submission. That that transition was his he best had... performance because he beat somebody relevant. Well, that's that's also true. I mean, he okay. he t- he took five years off after mm-hmm. losing to John Howard at UFC 101. Took five years off, comes back as, in Bellator, knocks out Brennan Ward in 21 seconds, submits Jason Butcher in just over a minute, uh, doesn't like where things are going with Bellator, so he gets his release, <laughs> comes back to the UFC, um, takes on Josh Salmon, and, and gets a fighter who, for whatever reason, is willing to play with fire for three rounds. Um, I, I didn't understand Salmon's game plan in this. It was not... Uh, Someone so smart, he sure was stupid. It, it it was it made no sense that he kept right. going back to the ground and kept trying to uh, uh, work there because it, it was as if he bought the narrative of you know the good guy can't lose at home and Salmon is a great guy you yeah. know it, it, no you don't play on the ground with a guy who's longer than you and much more skilled down there and has proven it time and time again he can play around down there with the best of them. McCrory, is, his his ground game is fantastic. And, and he's a weirdly scary looking dude. Yeah, that that transition to the triangle, beautiful in, in, the, in the scramble on uh, in that third round was just fantastic. From that camera angle, I thought he was going for. I thought he had an omoplata at first too. Yep. You know, I I didn't even notice that he got the head. And and then and, and, that and then was his great. work. I love watching that. I mean, his fighting the one that he lost at UFC 91 against Dustin Hazlett. You know, that's one of my favorite fights of all time. That was only four minutes long. Yeah. The, the historical note about that is that was the uh, when Damian Maya broke into the UFC and, his, and he had five submissions in a row to start his UFC run. That was the only night he didn't win submission of the night. Because with that with that uh, inverted arm bar. Yeah. Yeah. MMA stop. Yes. <laughs> but no. Uh... I love Victoria and I love Sam and I felt bad that he lost because I really liked the guy and I was. I didn't make a pick on that fight at all because I was just back and forth and back and forth on the 38 seconds that I actually had this week to sit down and try and, you know, put something together for the site. Sorry, boss. <laughs> but, you know, I, I mean, as bad as I feel for Salmon, I mean, McCrory is legit. He's huge now for 185, too. He's not a little dude. You know, I mean, he looks a little soft. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, coming from me, he, it's he, easy, he looks like a It's easy to forget that he's 6'4". Yeah. Because he, he, it just... You don't think about that with guys who are in the 170-pound division because no. it, it, it's even when they're fighting each other at that height and weight. Well, they, 185 they, now, but 185 now, but it, when he was he was a welterweight before, right? And so it's you just don't think of that type of height and that type of size at 170 pounds. Now at 185, he's filled out a little bit more, like you said, a little bit soft, but not anything yeah. negative. After and... Sam had beat uh, Magalation, after McCory came over, I said on on when we were doing the live cast as opposed to the podcast, that was the fight that I wanted to see. And damn if they didn't make it like a week and a half later. Yeah. And that might have even been before the news that McCory even, you know, transferred over to the UFC. I mean, this is a fight that I really wanted to see, and I thought it would be more competitive than it was. I was surprised. See, and, and I, I, I... I don't want to say Sam looked bad. He made himself look bad, but I was surprised it was, you know, that it played out the way it did. I think Salmon would have had a lot more success <laughs> trying to keep it on the feet. McCrory's not bad on the feet. He's a very good striker in his own right. But Salmon would have had more success keeping it on the feet. Well, obviously. Than, just, you know. 
Well, yeah, because he had almost no success right. on the ground. Yes, I get that. But right, exactly. He would have had a lot more success on the feet, and it just I don't I don't know what he and his team were working on in this one. It just didn't make sense because even when he had top position, it wasn't so much control as it was just trying to make sure that McCrory didn't gain an advantage from the bottom. So let's let's play the who are they going to fight next game with both of these guys because I still really like Josh Salmon. And he, I mean, this is the time you have to put him up against Uriah Hall, don't you think? Yeah. That was the fight that everyone wanted to see on season of the Ultimate Fighter that they were on together. Yep. And, and that was supposed to be the fight that was going to happen until Kevin Gastelum got in the way. That's the fight to make right there. They're both coming off of losses. Yep. You know, surprising losses in, in most eyes. The the intriguing question is what do you do next for Tamden Mercury? Because I think they're w- – there's real potential there for for him to break into the top ten with the with the right opponent, you know, with a win. What do you think? Well, uh, where are we at at middleweight? We've got, uh, you know, Jacare Weidman are, are likely to fight. We've got right. Well, we can go from the top down. Why and and uh, Rockhold's either going to be fighting Vitor or Romero. Or Romero. Yep. We've he, got Mousasi. not going to be fighting Leota Machida. He's nope. not going to be fighting Anderson Silva. Uh, Michael Bisping is booked. What about Tim Kennedy? Uh, and I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying, what about Tim Kennedy? It's it's a solid fight. I don't think Tim Kennedy's coming back for that no. uh, that type of fight. Great. So that one, throw that one out. Right. Is um, Talis Ladies booked? I don't think he is. That's that's a good fight. That's, that's a good fight. fight. What about Robert Whitaker? I like that one as well. Um, do you think Robert Whitaker would be able to pick him apart on the feet? I mean, it would be harder no. for him to do that than it was, you know, for what he did in his last fight, just because of the unique challenges that McCory, you know, possesses. I, he, if he, he wants to use his jab, he can keep it outside. If he wants to get inside, he can get inside. You know. Yeah, McCory is 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 too lengthy for for Whitaker to have just a dominant performance on the feet. I'm Whitaker not would he... have to change his strategy yeah. to be effective is what I was trying to get at. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he can't win that fight. He's a very good fighter in his own right. But... And the other question is, what does the UFC think is the ceiling for Tamden Mercury? Do they want to use him as cannon fodder, or do they want to help elevate him up there? Because a lot of the times they'll take guys prospect and turn him into cannon fodder, saying, all right, you're fighting someone really good, as opposed to, you know, like Bellator giving uh, Josh Thompson 38 fights before a title shot. Yeah, I think it, it it entirely. Sorry, I just cracked myself up there. It, it depends entirely on, like you said, how they perceive him. Where 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 right. is he in their eyes? Because that determines who the next fight is. If they think he's someone worth uh, building up and coming along, I think he fights Talis Latis next because I think that's a fight that uh, stylistically is really interesting on the ground and is a fight that he can win. And if he does, it's a it propels him to another one. If they can I tell you what I think they're going to do with go him, go for it. Nate Marquardt. Uh, that just—that's a waste. Well, the point—they, what, regardless of what they might think of him, if they think he's a prospect and they don't want him to lose immediately, they're not going to put him in with Talis Latis because that's at best a fifty-fifty fight for McCrory. Now, mind you, that fits their strategy of you know we're going to throw you to the wolves and see what you can do. But if they want to push him a little bit, but not too much. They, for whatever reason, think Nate Marquardt is the same guy that he was between 2008 and 2011, and they might very well say, all right, you know, this is a challenge. 
But that would be a fight that when he destroys Marquardt, opens their eyes and say, okay, you know, all right, you got top 10 potential now, kid. I'm just saying I don't think that Joe Silva or whoever's really, you know, booking the fights quite sees it yet. Here's here's what I would like about that matchup. Uh, it, it would be much more likely to end in... Spectacular in, fashion. In uh, Marquardt getting some type of uh, uh, limb torn off rather than tons and, and tons damage. of brain damage. I knew where you were going with that, too. <laughs> that's, that's what I would like about that matchup. You know who's offended by your comment, by the way? Who? Jason Butcher. <laughs> Motherfucker, he could strike, goddammit. Um, Tell me he can't strike. Tell me I got knocked out in 20 seconds by someone who doesn't even know how to punch. The hell's wrong with you? Uh, Clown. That's, he, that's what Jason Butcher would be saying if he knew who the hell you are right now. I already talked about Castillo's shortcomings. He loses a split decision to Nick Lentz, although should not have been a... Is that Patrick a, Cummins' younger brother? <laughs> should not have been a split. Uh, there... Castillo did not win two rounds. I don't think he won one. Uh, really awful scorecard on that one, regardless. Um, and then yeah, we've given it the attention it deserves. And then the Fox Sports one, uh, the Cole Miller fight was opened yeah. up with Cole Miller fight, which ended with as egregious an eye poke as you're ever going to see. I don't think the phrase eye poke is correct for that because after he put his finger in the eye. After he put his finger in the eye, he then pushed the eye with said finger as hard as he could push the eye with said finger, said eye with said finger, in order to not extricate himself as gently as possible. <laughs> okay? It should that have been a disqualification is what it yes, should have been. They without all should question. Be. Yes, and, and this – I'm – it was he wasn't throwing a jab and a finger got out there. He didn't hit him with a hook and his thumb was out. You know? He had wide open fingers. And, this, and the, the fingers were spaced. You know how far apart each finger was? The width of an eye. So that no matter where his hand was, a finger was going to get in the eye. It was a mathematical impossibility for his finger to get anywhere except in an eye. But of course, it gets called inadvertent, it gets called accidental, it gets called unintentional. No, Sloppy. it was absolutely 100% intentional. It's intentional. Even if it was unintentional, it was stupid and careless and negligent and sloppy and bad technique. But here's the thing, is it's done by everyone <laughs> because no one gets punished for it. Right. So everyone keeps the fingers outstretched, everyone Grab the fence, pushes. Lose a point, poke an eye and risk blinding somebody, and, you know. And, it's going to keep Anthony happening. Johnson. He lost a fight by eye poke. Yeah. Except Burns. And it's, it's going to keep happening until they, the mindset is switched from this, oh, let's treat it as accidental they didn't mean to, to let's take a point every time that a fight continues after an eye poke. Let's DQ fighters who uh, force a fight to be stopped because of an eye poke. That's, the that's greatest to female fight in the history of, of combat sports between Beatrix Kiddo and L Driver. How in the <laughs> hell did that end? Okay? Is that right? I, I mean, she had already lost one. That was intentional. I, I mean, you shouldn't mess with Paime first and then come after Beatrix. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much Ouch. all that there is to, to talk about. On this card, because well, she squished the eye. 
she she did step on that with her bare oh, and, feet too. Ugh. And mad props to Hader Hassan for killing another counter move uh, for me less than thirty five minutes into an event. Thanks, Dick. What's your own fault for going with Hader Hassan? You run out of money at a certain point. <laughs> the the fight past prelims. Um... CB Dalloway at forty three. By the way, I had CB Dalloway at forty three hundred against the guy that used to be known as Nate Marquardt. Got seven and a half points for it. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean seriously, even if he wins by decision and gets you sixty points, that's still a steal at forty three. Anyways, yeah. I'll start talking about my bad beats and poke. <laughs> I really. Don't <laughs> The, the fight past prelims saw Black Zillions members Kamaru Usman and Vicente Luca pick up victories, and newcomer uh, heavyweight Francis Ngannou from France taking out Luis Henrique by knockout in the second round. You know, um, with a pretty uppercut, as yeah. perfect of an uppercut as you're ever going to find on the bottom of a UFC card because yes. people in the upper reaches of a UFC card know how to defend it. <laughs> But hey, Absolutely. great. Jungle fights for the win, you know? Go Cameroon. Uh... Mm, okay, I'm going to put my hands up to defend, and I'm going to make sure that my elbows are outside of my armpits. <laughs> hmm, there's there's no gap there. Oh, wait, yes, there is. Learn how to defend a freaking uppercut. But hey, he, he hit what was there. Good for him. It's It's been a hell of a 2015 from the UFC. Uh, this, this closes out the 2015 MMA schedule. Uh, we're hitting the holiday break here and in two weeks so you're saying i'm not getting paid for two whole weeks in two weeks ufc 195 uh robbie lawler carlos condit in las vegas on jesus versus god january 2nd um this can i just say that it's a bit of an outrage that kyle noak is one fight away from being the co-main event on that card <laughs> Can we just talk yeah, about that? It's, as much it's, as we it's think it's fantastic that Robbie Lawler is fighting Carlos Condit, let's just talk about the fact for just a moment that Kyle Noak is close. Andre Alavsky is a bit fragile to be in a homemade event. Okay, we've talked about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we're two injuries away from Lorenz Larkin being in that spot. Can we talk about the fact that Nina Ansaroff is the co-main event of the Fox Sports 1 portion of the card? I, that doesn't matter. She lost to Juliana Lima and pulled out of a fight against Rose Namajunas. Okay, so at least she's smart. <laughs> how Can about we, how this, about the it, fact how about the fact that uh, yeah. that one of the most recent bantamweight title challengers is the second fight on Fight Pass? Well, that says more to what happened. <laughs> than you have seen. I thought you were going to go with Poye versus Duffy. Well, that too. Pass, as that a reward too. to loyal Fight Pass customers. <laughs> right. Because it was going to be on was, Fight Pass. That means yeah. it always has to be uh, on Fight Pass because we're the UFC and we're never fluid about anything. Oh, wait. Yes, we are. That's that's the this most. Isn't, if Lawler or Condit gets hurt, I don't know if this pay-per-view can even survive. And I mean gets hurt, you know, before the before, you know, it starts as opposed to during the fight. Because God willing, they'll both get severely, severely, severely hurt for our pleasure. <laughs> but can we talk yeah. about the fact that seriously, if be... one of them goes down, we're looking at a main event of Stepe Miocic versus anybody. We're looking at a co main event of Calvin Gastelum versus Kyle Noak. We're we're looking at Diego Brandel versus okay, I love Brian Ortega, don't get me wrong, but this is this is not a pay-per-view fight. That's a second on a Fox Sports 1 prelim. You know, Albert Tumanoff is going to bring violence. Lorenz Larkin is violentable. You know, okay, but this is an awful one-fight pay-per-view. 
uh, unless Lawler. It would be it Honda would be fine as a Fox better. Sports One card. Is essentially yeah. what it is. It would be fine as it was be, be would be fine as a cable card, but if anything happens to Lawler Condit, there's no value for pay per view. If there was literally no fights in in the UFC on January second, except for Lawler versus Condit, I'm buying that pay per view and inviting people over. Yep. I'm less likely to buy it just because of all the shit that I'm gonna have to wade through to get to the main <laughs> event. I mean, now if I buy, well, people say, well, just buy the buy the fight and you know watch college basketball or whatever. Okay, first of all, I'm not gonna do that. But you know, buy the pay per view and, and just tune it out until then. Well, yeah, but then it's almost midnight. You know, put the fight on at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Fine, even. You know. And don't make me have to sit through Calvin Gastelum versus Kyle Noak, Drew Dober versus Scott Holtzman. Okay, fine, Eric Koch got hurt. But seriously, the first fight you're going to book on a on an event five months out involves Eric Koch. Yeah, he's the guy that you put into a fight on like a week's notice because at least then there's only seven days for him to, to break something. <laughs> I'm sure we will talk about uh, that a little bit more next week as we get into or two weeks week and what a half. is our schedule next week by the way since thursday when we usually record these is christmas eve and friday is christmas day there's going to be no show <laughs> this week look at look at me how i set that up for you the the week after we much. we still have to coordinate because i don't think any of us wants to record on new year's eve oh so. amateur, like you're going to be going out i won't be home mm-hmm. <laughs> So we will have some type of urine review show the following week once we get that coordinated. And all right, uh, because we just did our entire preview, we got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about That's all the entire preview. There's, we want there's there to nothing be a more relevant to talk in the about. Main event. <laughs> we want to make sure that there's no welterweight title fight for the rest of 2016 because this one was so violent. Plus, like we really want to see Tyron Woodley fight either of these guys. Nah. So. We want there to be such serious injury in this fight that Woodley has to fight like three times before either of these guys can come back. And then Woodley loses one of those fights. And then as soon as he loses one of those fights, then the winner of Lawler versus Condit is healthy enough to, to resume his career. And on that, is that asking for too much? Uh, uh, maybe. Maybe not. And on that yeah. UFC 195 note, that that brings to an end our you know UFC on Fox 17 review. <laughs> Um, we will be back after the Christmas break, uh, for a year in review show for 2015. Lots and lots to talk about on a busy action packed, (laughs) uh, big business year for the UFC. Um, why do we care? Why do we care? It's a big business year for the UFC because it means more big fights coming next year. Job security. Well, no. What means more big fights coming next? What makes more big fights coming next year is them paying the fighters more, which they're not going to do. So, what the hell do we care how much snow he can put into his driveway? <laughs> Conversation for a different day. Just cut me off, Jamie, because I'm not going to stop. On that note, thank you all for listening in. For Rich Hansen, this is Jamie Pennock signing off. <laughs> <laughs>